Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Charts with Dan. Today, we are talking about the opening of The Batman. It came in right around $134 million, which was even higher than the estimate yesterday. We will break down that opening. It was higher than I would projected it. I'd put it right around 100 maybe a little bit more. Turns out that uh, most of the reaction to the movie was positive. It didn't seem like the long runtime kept a lot of people away, and it was also the widest release, even including Spider-Man No Way Home of the post pandemic era. So a lot to get into. Before we start, of course, as always, I want to thank my partners over at Carbon Health. You've seen them associated with the show for several weeks now, and I'm happy to be partnered up with them because they have a commitment to making healthcare affordable and accessible to as many people as possible. You can download the Carbon Health app, check to see if there's a facility near you. They provide so many different kinds of services, including flu shots, COVID-19 vaccinations, and COVID tests. Thank you so much to them, as always, for being my partner here on the show. And let's turn now to the weekend box office. We had a final number. It actually came in just before I was getting ready to start the show. I was going to tape it with the estimate, but then they added another $8,624 to the final estimate. So that's the final number for the Batman, $134,008,624. We have a lot to break down with that movie. Let's just dip through the rest of the top five real quick before we do that. Uncharted in week three drops 52% with an $11.1 million dollar total. It became the second movie, along with The Batman, to cross $100 million domestically this year. Dog has another nice hold at 40%, staying in third place with a $6.1 million total. Spider-Man No Way Home spends a 12th week in the top five, dropping just 22%. Yet again, the best hold in the top five of any movie with $4.5 million. And Death on the Nile in its fourth week drops 39% for another $2.7 million total. So let's get down into this Batman opening because there were a lot of different marks set in the record books, some at the top, some in the middle. Let's jump into it and let's look first at a chart that we first saw last week, the Batman franchise openings domestically. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice remains the highest opening Batman film of all time with $166 million, followed by The Dark Knight Rises with $160 and The Dark Knight with $158. The Batman now comes in at number four on that list with $134 million. It tops The Joker, which goes down to number five. If you look at those two posters, I, I picked one of my favorite Batman posters because they put out several of them. Uh, those almost look like related films. I don't think that it is with the timeline and whatnot, but uh, kind of an interesting look. Looking at the Batman franchise openings adjusted for inflation, we have the same top three, but in a different order. The Dark Knight at number one, The Dark Knight Rises at number two, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice at number three. The Batman is still at number four on this list, and it is followed up by Batman Forever with $109 million if you adjust for inflation on that opening all the way back in 1995. The Batman also set one of the highest March openings of all time domestically when we look at that chart, Beauty and the Beast is number one with $174.7 million. It's crazy to think that that is the highest opening March movie of all time, and yet it's a movie I don't really ever hear anybody talking about. Batman v Superman at number two with $166 million, then Captain Marvel at number three, The Hunger Games at number four with $152 million, and then The Batman now coming in as the fifth highest opening film of all time for the month of March, so another top five mark there. 
This was a big role for Robert Pattinson, but this was not his highest opening role. As a matter of fact, he has two other franchises in his top five opening weekends of all time, both YA series. At number one is The Twilight Saga New Moon, which opened to $142.8 million. Then The Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2 and The Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. These were remarkably consistent movies, these last uh, several in the series. When you look at it, they opened at almost identical numbers, but right behind Breaking Dawn Part 1, we have The Batman in fourth place with $134 million. That is enough to get it over Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire with $102.6 million. And if you say, well, wait a minute, that's not a Robert Pattinson movie he's on the poster i mean i don't know how much more yes he's a supporting character uh but if you're on the poster of the movie i think it's going to be counting toward your filmography one place where the batman ranked number one was in the filmography of director matt reeves it almost doubled his previous highest opening weekend domestically, which was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes with $72.6 million, followed by War for the Planet of the Apes with $56.2 million, Cloverfield with $40 million, and then Let Me In, a big drop-off with $5.1 million. Matt Reeves does not have an extensive filmography, but he has a pretty good track record when it comes to box office, and I think that he made uh, the two... Be- I-, I like Rise of the Planet of the Apes, but I think he made the two best films in that new Apes trilogy, which is is a pretty darn good trilogy. Maybe this with the Batman is the beginning of another new film saga for Matt Reeves. Looking at the biggest opening weekends of the 2020s, which is basically the pandemic era because we only got a few weeks into 2020 before theaters shut down. Spider-Man No Way Home, you can see obviously uh, and easily has the number one opening weekend of the decade with $260.1 million. But the Batman now ranks second with $134 million and only the second $100 plus million opening weekend of the 2020s. Venom Let There Be Carnage now drops to number three with $90 million, followed by Black Widow with $80 million, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings with $75 million. Also, very obviously, you can see what people are going to see uh, in this era, which is comic book films. We have four Marvel films, one DC film. We've got a couple from Sony. We've got a couple from Disney, now one from Warner Brothers. And I know a lot of people kind of bemoan the fact that there are so many comic book films. But at the same time, they are largely what are keeping the movie theaters going right now. Uh, And people are going to see other movies. We have movies like Dog. Dog has made $40 million for a movie of its size right now. That is pretty impressive. Warner Brothers was also, I'm sure, very happy to see the Batman open in the way that it did because this was their first $100 million opening weekend since 2017. And this is a chart showing the last five biggest openings for Warner Brothers. We have the Batman with $134 million. Prior to this film, the highest opening film previously for Warner Brothers, at least on the calendar, was It back in 2017 with $123 million. Then Wonder Woman with $103 million. Joker with $96 million. And then It Chapter 2 with $91 million. So Warner Brothers cracking the triple digits on their opening weekends for the first time in about five years, four and a half years, something like that. But Warner Brothers actually is doing pretty well when we talk about from 20 2010 to today, as far as number of $100 million opening weekends, they're actually in second place. It's just that the studio that is in first place, and you're not going to have to guess too hard to figure out which one it is, is really running away with the competition. Here's a chart that's showing you the number of $100 plus million domestic openings from 2010 to the present. And number one is Disney. I'm sure you could have guessed that they've had 23 films 
since 2010, open to $100 plus million. Warner Brothers is next with nine. So Disney more than doubles up their nearest competition with $100 plus million openings. But when you look at Warner Brothers, they're in second place with nine. Universal's in third with five, tied with Lionsgate with five. Those would be the Hunger Games films. Paramount and Sony and Fox all have two each. And then you have Summit with one of the Twilight films uh, at $100 plus million opening. This is something that really picked up after 2015 really kind of around Star Wars The Force Awakens and then going afterwards that's when you started to see these grosses and these movies opening to over 100 million dollars happening multiple times a year every year with obviously some notable exceptions as we got into this decade but even though it has been a while since Warner Brothers had this 100 million plus dollar opening weekend they actually historically have been pretty good as far as the track record goes if you if you kind of adjust for the Disney curve something else that was pretty good was the box office for this weekend because we surpassed the total compared to the comparable weekend in 2019. You can see that green line passing over the blue line. This was something that did not happen last year in 2021 until the very last week of the year. So you can see the progress that we're making here. Now that line is going to dip down again next week below the blue line because that will be uh, comparably the weekend that Captain Marvel opened back in 2019. Obviously the box office is not going to come close to that number, but as we start getting into week 12, 13, 14, 15. Of course, that huge spike in 2019 is the opening of Avengers Endgame. So unless something crazy happens, uh, we're not going to hit that, but we could see this going up and down. Again, this is an indication that the box office isn't necessarily back, but we're getting there. And the fact that we have a hundred plus million dollar opening movie is a great sign outside of the traditional holiday time frame. Now we'll see how the Batman does. What's the repeat business going to be like? Again, I said that uh, crowd reaction was generally positive. It generated an A minus cinema score, which is pretty solid. Not fantastic, but pretty solid. I am interested to see how many people are going to go back to see this movie. I don't think you're going to see the same repeat business like you did with Spider-Man No Way Home because it is a very different type of movie. But next week for me is going to be very interesting. It, it exceeded my expectations when it came to how it was going to do on opening weekend, and now it'll be very curious to see what it does going forward. Let's look at the top five per theater, and Batman was number one. The Batman brought in th about 30 $30,000 to each of the 4,417 theaters in which it played, so it was a good weekend to be a theater owner showing the Batman. At number two was a film called Great Freedom. It made $9,581 in one single theater. In third place was The Automat. It's a documentary we've been talking about for the last few weeks. It made nearly $3,000 in two theaters. Then we had Uncharted with $2,865 in each of its 3,800 theaters. And After Yang, which is a movie that came out of Sundance, I saw it when I was covering the Sundance Film Festival. It played in 24 theaters with a $1,900 average, which is all right. It's not what you might expect from a movie uh, with a, a star like Colin Farrell. He was in two films on that chart this week because uh, After Yang and The Batman both featuring Colin Farrell. There is another movie, though, and it shows up on our specialty box office list. It's an Indian film. It's called uh, Gangubai Katiawadi, and I'm sorry if I butchered that pronunciation, but you can see there it made $592,000 this past weekend. It was enough for second place behind Cyrano, which in its second week made 
$678,000. And these were all movies that played in 1,000 theaters or fewer. But a lot of people last week uh, noted this film from India and, and a couple of others saying, well, why aren't those on your uh, limited release charts? Or why didn't that have the highest per theater average? And the thing that that is frustrating for me as an analyst about this is that box office data for Indian films, both abroad uh, and domestically, is very slow to come in. So for example, when you look at uh, Gangubai Katiwadi for this week, I have the total number, which was on one of my box office resources and not on the other one, but I do not, as of the time I'm recording this, have a theater count. So yes, it's very likely that it was one of the top five films per theater, but I don't know how many theaters it was playing in. I did a a lot of research. Maybe there's a resource out there that I haven't found, but sometimes I just have to go with the information that I do have. So I know that there's some frustration, particularly amongst fans who want to see how these films from India are doing at the box office, but I'm, I'm kind of confined to the information that I can have at the moment, and there are some weeks where I don't have per theater numbers, or I don't have grosses, or I don't have averages to report. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, go- I'm going to do the best that I can with these films, but sometimes I'm just not able to get that information in time to do the show on Mondays. But when we look at the rest of the limited release box office, we have Cyrano at number one, Gangaba Katiawadi at number two. The 2022 Oscar short films continuing their run in theaters are in third place, netting almost $300,000 this past weekend, followed by The Worst Person in the World, still on the charts with $219,000, and Drive My Car, despite being available on HBO Max here domestically in its 15th week in theaters, stays on the chart with an another $66,000 in the bank. Let's look now at our newest chart, which are the top 10 grocers in the limited release box office. So these are movies that played in a maximum of 1,000 theaters or fewer. If there's ever a movie that that exceeds that amount, then it goes off this chart. But we have a new number one movie, which is Cyrano for this year. It supplants the worst person in the world as the highest grossing movie to play in 1,000 theaters or fewer with $2.5 million. The worst person in the world drops down one spot to $2.2 million. Then we have the 50th anniversary re-release of The Godfather with $1.1 million. The Beatles get back in IMAX with $970,000. The 2022 Oscar shorts go up two spots with about 950,000. The Tiger Rising drops down one spot. Gangubai Katiawadi joins the chart at number seven with a reported $592,000 total, followed by Aileen, which drops down two spots, Clean, which drops down one spot, and Sundown, which drops down to number 10. Before we look at the international box office, I wanted to thank today's sponsor, which is Peloton. I'm just about up and running on my Peloton tread. We don't quite have it going yet, but one of the great things about what Peloton's doing right now is that even if you don't have your equipment, let's say you're away from home, you can still use a lot of the great services that Peloton has to offer because in addition to the things that you know, the bikes and the treads, Peloton also offers some great classes through their streaming options. And this year they're adding things like boxing. Boxing is another option that you can do from anywhere you can stream video and for me that's such an important thing to have is that variety the thing that keeps you from doing the same thing over and over and over again that repetition is what has pushed me off of my health goals in the past now with peloton you can have new things for your bike or your tread or your bike plus new music new exercises and new ways to keep yourself in shape 
I'm excited to get my tread going and get those running classes going, but I've already checked out a lot of the other options that they have, and there are so many different things to choose from that it's almost like an all-you-can-eat buffet, but for workouts, and uh, I'm hoping to dive even more into it once I am fully up and running with everything that I've got going on. And if this sounds interesting to you, you can find out more about Peloton at onepeloton.com. That's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. And I want to thank Peloton for sponsoring today's show. Let's turn now to the international box office and see what movies were doing outside of the domestic marketplace. The Batman was number one with $120 million, followed by Uncharted with $17.4 million. The Battle at Lake Chongjin 2, the Chinese film, continues its run with $7.4 million, followed by Too Cool to Kill with $5.9 million, and Death on the Nile coming in in fifth place with $5.1 million. So when you take those international numbers, combine them with the domestic marketplace, you get the worldwide numbers and the Batman banked nearly 250 million dollars in its first weekend keeping in mind it has not yet opened in China both it and Uncharted will be getting an opening date there in a little under two weeks so potentially a lot more worldwide money that hasn't even been tapped into yet for the Batman Uncharted at number two with 28.4 million Spider-Man No Way Home on the chart still with 8.4 million followed by Death on the Nile with 7.8 million and the Battle of Lake Chung Gen 2 with 7.4 million. When we look at 2022 on the whole domestically, The Batman debuts as the number one 2022 domestic film with $134 million, followed by Uncharted, which as I mentioned, has also crossed the $100 million mark. Scream drops down one spot to number three with $80.2 million, followed by Jackass Forever with $54.5 million. Dog is now number five with $40 million, jumping over Death on the Nile, which is now at number six with $37.1 million million followed by marry me moonfall the 355 and redeeming love rounding out the top 10 when we look at 2022 worldwide the battle at late chong Gen 2 remains number one with 613 million dollars followed by too cool to kill with 394 million a pair of chinese films there uncharted now approaching the 300 million dollar global mark with 271.5 million the batman close behind it should overtake uncharted by next week because it's already at 248.5 million that drops Nice View down one spot to number five. Boonie Bears Back to Earth down to number six. Scream drops down to number seven, followed by Death on the Nile at number eight. Sniper stays at number nine. And then the Chinese film Only Fools Rush In drops down two spots to number 10. Looking at the worldwide chart over the previous 365 days, so these are the top 10 movies from this day to this date one year ago, Spider-Man No Way Home remains number one and will probably be there for the duration with $1.8 billion with a B. The Battle at Lake Chung Jin from last year is at number two with $913 million, followed by No Time to Die with $774 million, F9 with $726 million, The Battle at Lake Chung Jin 2 with $613.9 million, then Venom Let There Be Carnage, which is over the half billion dollar mark, Godzilla vs. Kong, which is less than 20 days away from aging off of this chart after 348 days in release it's there with 468 million Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings with 432 million Eternals close behind with 402 million and then Dune at number 10 with 400 million so will the Batman join that club we'll see how it does in the next few weeks at the worldwide box office before we look at the streaming charts I always like to do a box office flashback to a weekend from years past and this seemed appropriate because 
This weekend, 15 years ago, saw the opening of a film to which The Batman has been compared uh, by many critics, including myself, and that is the movie Zodiac from David Fincher. And listen, if you ever wanted to see a better argument that sometimes financial success does not equal critical success, look at the opening weekend of Zodiac, because it was in second place with $13.3 million and was tripled up by the movie Wild Hogs, which opened the same weekend to nearly $40 million. That movie starred Tim Allen, John Travolta, Martin Lawrence, and William H. Macy. Now, you tell me, which movie is more important to film history? Zodiac by David Fincher or Wild Hogs? Box office isn't everything. It's a fun thing to track, but it's not everything because instead of competing for the number one slot, Zodiac was in a neck-and-neck race with the third week of Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider. It made $11.5 million, followed by the third week of Bridge to Terabithia with $8.9 million, and then in fifth place, the regrettable dramatic Jim Carrey turn in the number 23 in its second week with just over $7 million. Let's look now at the streaming charts, and we actually have a new look at one of them because Amazon has started to share their top 10 most watched on Amazon Prime Video. So instead of being a little bit redundant with the rentals on iTunes and the rentals on Amazon, we are now going to start looking at the most watched shows and movies on Prime Video, and we have here The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 4, number one on Amazon Prime. The AO there means Amazon Original, so that is an Amazon Original show or movie. Reach season one which i watched with mara she is a massive jack reacher fan we sat down to watch the show i've got to say it's a pretty good show i really really liked it it's at number two number three is the animated boys spinoff the boys diabolical in its first season then the amy poehler documentary lucy and desi which i also saw when i was covering sundance if you want real insight into the lucio ball desi arnaz story then i would recommend checking out lucy and desi because it was so informative and i learned so much that i didn't know about uh, both of them uh, so a big recommendation for me on that movie the only non-amazon original the protege starring michael keaton which is currently available for amazon prime users is at number five the amazon original movie i want you back is at number six followed by hotel transylvania transformania at number seven the animated series the legend of vox machina at number eight the amazon original series the wheel of time is at number nine and if you want some fake insight into lucille ball and desi arnaz then you can check out being the ricardos which is an amazon original film Nicole Kidman is nominated for Best Actress for that movie. I did not like it as much as I liked Lucy and Desi, and I found the documentary to be much more insightful, but if you want to see the dramatized version, then that is also available on Amazon Prime Video. Let's look at what people are renting over on iTunes, and at number one is Sing 2, which has finally moved off of its premium video on demand window and is now available for purchase. It is at number one on the iTunes charts, followed by Scream, which is now available digitally for purchase or rental. House of Gucci is at number three. Belfast is at number four. King Richard at number five. Dune is at number six. Ghostbusters Afterlife at number seven. The Liam Neeson film Blacklight is now available premium video on demand, so if you didn't see it in theaters, you can now not see it at home. At number nine is Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza. The purchase window is open for that film, and American Underdog rounds out the top ten at number ten. Finally, let's look at what people are watching on Netflix. We're using their global hours-watched reported numbers, and let's start with movies. The most-watched movie worldwide on Netflix Hallelujah. It's a Medea Homecoming. Tyler Perry's latest film is the most watched movie globally 
on the Netflix streaming service with 31.5 million hours watched. Restless, which is a French film, a remake of a South Korean film, is at number two with 19.8 million hours watched, followed by The Tender Swindler and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Don't Kill Me is another Netflix original film. It comes in at number five with 12 million hours watched, followed by Downfall, The Case Against Boeing. This sounds like a broken record. I saw this one also uh, out of Sundance, and it is a really good look at the malfunctions that Boeing had in their jetliners just a few years ago. Uh, kind of an infuriating look at how nobody really is in jail over that. It's it's a very interesting documentary if you like that story or would like to be drawn to more information about that. 9.9 million hours watched there. Despicable Me 2 is at number 7, followed by Fistful of Vengeance at number 8, Through My Window at number 9, and Tall Girl 2 at number 10. Very complicated premise for this movie. She's a young woman, some might say a girl, who has exceptional height, uh, aka is very tall, and it is a sequel. Hence the name Tall Girl 2. Let's look at the most watched series on Netflix and Inventing Anna stays at number one with 130.8 million hours watched. Right behind is Vikings Valhalla season one. This is a sequel series to the cable show Vikings. It clocked 80.5 million hours watched, followed by Love is Blind Season 2, All of Us Are Dead Season 1 in its fifth week on the chart, One of Us is Lying Season 1 at 33.7 million, Café Con Aroma de Mujeres stays on the chart in its ninth week with 32.5 million hours watched, followed by The Cuphead Show Season 1, Sweet Magnolias Season 2, Juvenile Justice Season 1, a Netflix original, and Dark Desire Season 2 in 10th place. Finally, let's look at what the top 10 shows and movies are here in the United States. A Medea Homecoming is number one here, followed by Despicable Me 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Tender Swindler, St. Vincent, Despicable Me, Black Hat, Restless comes in at number eight here, Downfall the Case Against Boeing is at number nine, and at number 10 is 2007's Rob Zombie remake of Halloween. That's a movie that I didn't see until last year, and I found it to be just deeply, deeply unpleasant and not enjoyable to watch. And finally, let's look at the top 10 most watched series on Netflix. At number one is Inventing Anna, followed by Love is Blind Season 2, Vikings Valhalla Season 1, Sweet Magnolias Season 2, Genius, a Kanye trilogy moving up the chart a little bit as it continues to roll out new installments, Ozark Season 4 Part 1 at number 6, The Cuphead Show Season 1 at number 7, All of Us Are Dead Season 1 at number 8, Space Force Season 2 at number 9, so not a lot of demand it seems like for that Netflix original show coming back for its second season, at least compared to where we see new shows often debuting here on the chart. And at number 10, hello old friend, Coco Melon Season 4 clocks enough hours watched last week to be the 10th most watched TV series on Netflix. Is this the beginning of a new streak? Only time will tell. And that does it for this week's Charts with Dan. There are no new movies hitting wide release in theaters this weekend because Disney and Pixar pulled Turning Red out of wide release and it will now be on Disney Plus on Friday. I put out a review of that film, which I quite enjoyed, on the channel this morning when the embargo dropped. You can click the little uh, icon up there and check that out because uh, if you're looking for a new movie to watch this weekend, I think that's a good option for you. And something that I've actually heard a lot of really good things about is a movie that's coming on Netflix. Netflix as well this weekend starring Ryan Reynolds called The Adam Project. 
I'll be going to see that on Wednesday night. I'll have a review for it here for you on Thursday. Uh, you know, I try not to get too hyped about things, but I've heard some really, really good advanced buzz about this. So if you're looking for a new movie and you've already seen the Batman maybe once or twice, it looks like streaming is going to be the option for you this week. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget that if you want even more of what I'm up to, you can check me out on patreon.com slash Dan Merle. I just lowered prices and opened up access to a lot of my tiers, including Dan's Movie Club and Schmodown commentaries so if you've checked out the page before and thought it was maybe a little too pricey things are a little less expensive now that was always one of my goals and i'm happy to be welcoming some new people over to the patreon also i want to thank carbon health for their partnership as always and i want to thank you for watching this episode of charts with dan i'll be back later this week with a review of the adam project until then stay safe and i'll see you next time bye